Adventures in Teaching. Stories of creativity, relationships, excitement, and suspense from the university and K-12 classroom. Brought to you by CELT, the Center for Excellence in Learning and Teaching at Thompson Rivers University. Teachers in K-12 and university instructors don't just share the role of being educators. They're also union members. Their elected union leaders are also passionate teachers that make connections between supporting learners in the class and supporting colleagues at work. This episode features the stories of two teachers who happen to be the union leaders in K-12 and post-secondary in Teaching with Solidarity. Welcome to Adventures in Teaching. We have two guests with us today. We have the president of the Kamloops Thompson Teachers Association, Amanda Jensen. Welcome. Thank you. And we have the president of the Thompson Rivers Faculty Association, Tom Friedman. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So I thought we'd just start off by having you talk a little bit about your own teaching and where you started teaching. Amanda, do you want to talk about that a bit? Well, I started teaching in Logan Lake. I was in a part-time senior English position. And... Um, I think that probably that was my most meaningful teaching that I've ever done because it was a very, what I perceive to be a very rural community. I don't anymore now having had the opportunity to go up to Blue River where there's, you know, very, very little. Um, But it was my most meaningful teaching because I actually felt that I was raising children when I was teaching up there and, and being a part of their lives in a way that I haven't haven't had the opportunity to do in my other teaching. Interesting. Yeah, that was my experience too. Working in a rural, small place really is a something special. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how, about, how about you, Tom? Um, I my first teaching job was at UBC's uh, English Language Institute in the mid '80s. I was uh, a grad student doing my master's degree. And incredible class of 35 students from, I think it was 17 different countries. And what an experience to go into the classroom and teach them English for academic purposes. It was uh, an amazing first step into the world of, of teaching for me. So, Tom, you had said earlier that you didn't have an outrageous story about, about an outrageous um teaching experience, but, but you did have something else. You want to share that story with us? Yeah, it was, um, I don't shy away from controversial issues in the classroom. I teach literature, I teach film, uh, and I felt that students need to know the reality of what's going on in the world. And unfortunately, but fortunately at the same time, I was teaching uh, two poems by an American and a Canadian poet about torture. And one was Margaret Atwood's footnote to the Amnesty Report on Torture. The other was American Carolyn Forche's poem called The Country Between Us. And I showed a film to the class that really uh, illustrates the terrible human toll 
that torture takes on not only the victims but the perpetrators. It's called Death and the Maiden, um, starring Ben Kingsley and Sigourney Weaver. And that was the most difficult class I ever taught. And it was because students were in tears. They were shocked. They were so upset about what they were seeing and what they were feeling. But I thought it was one of the most positive learning experiences for not only for them in the classroom, but for me as an instructor, because I knew that I was getting through to these students on a profound emotional level and that that lesson they were learning would be with them for the rest of their lives. Well, I mean, that's, that's really what you call transformative education. When, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, I, uh, the next class came back and we talked about the reactions because this was a movie, if you haven't seen it, I would really recommend it because it is one of the most powerful depictions of, you know, the, the extremes of human suffering and emotion. And the students uh, acknowledged that they, they were transformed. They, they saw the world differently. And that's what I think education has to do. Wow. <laughs> Well, that probably sounds like it's your best lesson. So my best lesson was actually probably very similar to yours. It was teaching work experience um, at NORCAM Secondary. And it was my first full-time teaching position. So it's, I think, a bit of a shock when you don't have all these preps. You're on all day. And I was really cognizant about the fact that a lot of these kids weren't planning on going on to post-secondary education. So we're talking about what kind of skills do you need in order to get a job, keep a job, what are the expectations out there, what are your rights in terms of, you know, health and safety. We talked a lot about work safe and, you know, building resumes and all of these things that, you know, came to me through my experiences in the labor movement. But I was having a conversation with my students about Grant Tapedi, who is the fellow who was killed in that sort of gas and go um, in the Lower Mainland a number of years ago. And we were talking about the importance of you know legislation and the BC Federation of Labour doing all of this work around that. And, you know, I, I showed them a lot of information on that and some things were really difficult to see. And I had a student in my mm -hmm. class that was crying and I kind of thought, you, you wonder as an educator if you've gone too far, if you've done too much, mm -hmm. if you've, you know, if you've kind of overstepped maybe what you needed to do in order to, to put your point across. And the student came to me at the end of the class and said, you know, my uncle was actually killed in the very same way. And I didn't wow. actually know that this was something that we could tell the government, you know, we don't, we don't want this to happen anymore. We want to put an end to it. And I just thought like, isn't this wonderful that we're having these conversations in classrooms about these things that are so difficult to talk about? And at the same time, we're raising awareness around things that we ourselves can do to ensure that, you know, the things that aren't working for us, no matter what they are, in this case, it was, you know, law, but whatever it is, we have an opportunity to speak up and say, hey, you know, I, I want to see something different happen here. Um, and I really... I really, that just has stuck with me through my entire teaching experience. But then through the role that I'm doing now is, you know, the ability to say, hey, this isn't working. How can we, how can we address this? How can we make things different so that it, you know, benefits everybody? 
So did you have any aha moments either as a student um, that made you think that you wanted to go into teaching or, or, as a, or even as a teacher yourself when you really saw, wow, this has a, this has a big impact? Yes, I, and this goes back to the University of Toronto, and it was in this class on the history of Canadian ideas, which was really rewarding for me because it brought together the interdisciplinarity of of our knowledge, but also of our learning. And, you know, going into political science and history, geography, literature, film, music, the aha moment was when I realized that I was learning something from my students. And that stuck with me. That was one of my first teaching courses. And I realized that you have to be humble when you're an educator because you're going to learn from students, particularly on the post-secondary level. And I've always had that um, expectation and the openness to learning from, from students, and I've never been disappointed. It's always been a learning experience for me. And so you approach the classroom very differently when that's, that's the, the, the expectation. Yeah. You're not just the, you know, the learned prof at the front of the room. You're someone who's also um, going to experience a, uh, a learning moment or moments or semesters where you really gain tremendously. So is it safe to say that, that you basically, as a teacher, you feel like you co-construct learning with the students? Definitely. Um, and I think good instructors are able to respond and then to revise the approach they take in the classroom when they realize that the students have as much input into the success and into even the curriculum. How long have we known each other, Tom? Um, Nine years. Yeah, I think, yeah, about that. I was going to say about 10 years. It's really interesting hearing Tom's stories, and they're so similar to mine. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Your uh aha It, does Genevieve later still work yeah. at the university? Yeah. yeah does she? Yeah, in modern think, languages? In, in yeah. English and modern languages. So yeah. I had Genevieve yeah. later for a number of my courses as an yeah. uh, as a English student. Right. And, um, and I took her courses actually for that very reason. Genevieve later was the only teacher, or the first teacher, I shouldn't say the only teacher, first teacher I ever had that never told me what to think. And it was terrifying because then you're putting yourself out there and saying what you think and, and then wondering after you say that, was that right? Is that what you were looking for? And she never told you either, which was actually terrifying. She never told you whether or not you were quote unquote right. Yeah. And that actually made me want to be a teacher in my post-secondary. Yeah. And it wasn't until my fourth year of university, actually fourth and fifth year of university, having Genevieve in a... I took her first offering, actually her first, I did take that, but her first offering of the beat writers. Oh, right. Yes. And and she didn't Mm. tell you if you were right (laughs) about the way that you were, you know, interpreting Howell or, you know, any other thing by Ginsburg, or if you, if your Mm. interpretation of, you know, being disgusted by Rabbit Run was correct, or, (laughs) you know, if, or if I'm supposed to love Rabbit Run, I mean, it was just terrifying. 
but I wanted to be a teacher because I thought like I I could go into a classroom and I could also teach kids that it's okay to you know think whatever you think and and not tell kids what to think not that I think that we do but but to really come outside of that and to say you know tell me what you think and and tell me what you want to learn and and that is actually something that that has wanted me it has really made me want to be a teacher Oh, is yeah. that ability to do that in a classroom. And you probably will agree with this, Amanda. In our union work, we have to realize as well, we're in leadership positions, but unless we listen to our members and learn from them, we will not last very long because the whole idea of being a leader is being responsive to the needs of the the collective. And I don't think there's enough teachers who understand that in in the classroom. You know, you stand up in front of the, this group of eager students and lecture, you lose a lot. And I always encourage students to speak up. Mm-hmm. I try to call on those who I know are reluctant, they're, you know, they're embarrassed or they're, they don't feel confident because that creates an environment where there's really positive uh, learning going on. And, you know, there is a role, I think, for the classic lecture, but in terms of education, it's mm. really important to have that, that two-way dialogue going. But not only that, I mean, I'm very cognizant of the fact that other people see around corners that I don't, yeah. right? And so that ability to, to discuss you know, decisions or, or would-be decisions with other people better informs your decision-making. Or that's always how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, um, just to go back to what you said at the beginning about being in a rural school in Logan Lake, my first experience teaching at this institution back when we were University College of the Caribou, I was teaching a first-year academic writing course. And um, two things struck me in the very first class. I asked the students to tell me a bit about themselves and where they're from and, you know, a little bit of their life experience. And the first student, he looked to be in his mid-30s, and I thought, okay, this guy's got an interesting, uh, you know, background. I'd really like to hear. Well, the first words out of his mouth was, I just did a deuce at KRCC. Now, I had just moved to Kamloops. So I had to think for a minute. And then I realized he had just come out of the correctional facility after doing a two years less a day sentence, probably for drugs. He turned out to be the most incredible student in this class because he brought his rich life experience to his writing. The other student who spoke about fourth or fifth said, "Um, I'm from Ashcroft. Um, I've been to Kamloops two or three times in my life, but I'm really intimidated by being in a big city. And I had just moved from Toronto to Kamloops. So the realization that here's a young man, and he was wearing a cowboy hat, you know, real rural cowboy, uh, was being intimidated by being in a community which I thought of as very small and provincial in some ways in those years. And uh, that changed the way I approached the class. 
because I knew that one of my missions was to show students that there is a broader world out there and that they have to take advantage of all the opportunities and that they can't just remain in their insulated, you know, isolated kind of life. That education is not going to be what I teach them about gerunds and prepositions. It's going to be about what the broader world offers, offers them. So following up on Tom's comments about union leadership, we started to explore some of the connections between working as a teacher and working as a union leader of teachers. How about you, Amanda? What was your, what was your trip into union leadership? What was my trip? Yeah, your journey. What took you there? Well, I went to UBC to do my teacher education, and, um, and I wanted to take music. And Good choice. Yes, I like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I couldn't because there were too few people taking it. So they lumped me into the social justice and diversity cohort. And I thought, okay, I care about what's going on in the world. So that, that I'll be fine there. And um, it wasn't until my second year when we learned about the union and I had already, I was already kind of a union president in a different union um, before I left to do my teacher education. And I kind of thought like, what's this BCTF about? And the first thing that actually struck me was um, how much union dues we have to pay in relation to the, the union that I belonged to, which was the BCGU. And I thought, who can afford all of this? And but then I thought, okay, if I if I'm gonna pay that much in union dues, and I was naive to think I would get hired right away too. I didn't get hired right away, and we can talk about that later. <laughs> but, uh, I I thought then I'm gonna make this money work for me, and that's what actually got me involved in in the BCTF. But I had always been involved in the labor movement, um, just because. I, I saw an opening and thought, well, that's something I could do. And what's kept me involved in the BCTF as, as a whole and, and what brought me to being a union president is actually the fact that I see so few young women in those positions. And I thought, there's nothing that I don't have that anybody else who's filled those roles prior to me, you know, ha- doesn't have. So... I can do that job and and some days you think you do it better than others and sometimes people tell you that you didn't do it as well as you did it the day before but you know it's it's a journey and and I'm really enjoying it however I did spend all of that money to be a teacher and I do intend to go back to the classroom this isn't something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life Somebody actually approached me on the weekend and said, so you're running as a BCTF president, right? Because Glenn Hansman is stepping down. And I said, uh, no, yeah, no, that's not, that not, that's not the jump that you make as a teacher to a local president to the president of the BCTF. I think I have a little bit more learning to do. And, you know, it's interesting, the connection between union work and teaching, mm-hmm. because part of, you know, I was mentioning about the classroom Um, the dynamics of two-way communication. And that's so important in any kind of activism. When you're working on behalf of a group, 
you have to be willing to be teacher and leader in one hand, but also listener and uh, conciliator on the other. You have to bring together these disparate groups. And in post-secondary and the university environment, there are a hundred different perspectives on every issue. And unless you're willing to work cooperatively and collegially, you're never going to make any headway. And as you were saying, Amanda, some days you get really frustrated because you just, you're not getting through to people or they're not willing to get through to you. Mm -hmm. So you don't understand their issues or you don't think you understand their issues. And it's, it can be frustrating, but in the long term it's very rewarding mm -hmm. both both activities teaching yeah. and and union activism and and they are somewhat analogous you're saying they're very very analogous yeah. and sometimes it's about educating members and that's very important but at other times it's being a performer <laughs> you know and union presidents have been known to be um very very um you know uh, actor like mm -hmm. I've and met a few I've I've had a, seen a few performances in my time when I was in HR yeah 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 oh <laughs> particularly yeah particularly the and bargaining it, table and it can be <laughs> it can be very amusing at times but also very destructive yeah. you know yeah. po posturing is not the way to deal with solving problems yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely well it's interesting though because it's is what you're I think you're saying and I totally agree is that being a good teacher really means you can be a good lot of other things, including being a leader yes. and, 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 or a union president. I mean, that's, it's because the skills are totally transferable. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I run into teachers, particularly younger teachers who have taught my children, and I see that teachers as uh, a whole are really involved in their community. And that makes a huge difference. And I think it's that role as responsible citizens that's enhanced by the training that we get as educators. And we realize, and I think, Amanda, your, your progression into union activism speaks to this very clearly, is that we don't just think of ourselves, we think of the broader community in whatever we do. Because uh, naturally, we're teaching a group of young people whose families are the, the, the core of our community. But that's a principle of unionism, is yeah. to think about others, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel yeah. like I've, I've changed personality-wise no. going into this job. Maybe I have and I just don't see it. I think I'm a better negotiator. But I find myself using my negotiation skills Probably for evil versus good. Like, no, John, we're going to have steak for dinner. And here's the reasons why. You know? do, you, do you find, I don't find this as much in post-secondary, but in the K-12 system, mm -hmm. do you have to negotiate with your students? Yes, you do, actually. Um, even kindergartens. You d yeah. Even, well, even kindergartens. Especially kindergarten. I'm thinking yeah. about my experiences in primary, and they've yeah. they've been few. <laughs> but yeah, you do have to negotiate with them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And if you co-construct 
say your classroom rules, you have a class meeting and you co-construct what are our, you know, what are our expectations and what, how are we going to behave with each other? I mean, you do that with grade ones or grade twelves or graduate students for that matter. Um, and you co-construct it with your students and yeah, it, uh, it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you realize that at the end of the day, both sides in a labor negotiation or a classroom and an instructor um, have to have a workable relationship. And therefore, the negotiation is about finding that common ground. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes a while, but at the end of the day, it's, it's certainly worthwhile. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for, for coming and being thank guests you. on the podcast. Thank you, John. Solidarity is about shared objectives and interests. Whether it's for collective bargaining, social justice issues, or just the shared passion for our students' learning. Thanks again to President Tom Friedman from the TRU Faculty Association and President Amanda Jensen from the Kamloops Thompson Teachers Association. My name is John Churchley. All opinions expressed are those of the individuals involved and not the university. This has been Adventures in Teaching. Brought to you by CELT, the Center for Excellence in Learning and Teaching at Thompson Rivers University.